Hey book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation or maybe spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8. Today's book, <laughs> Kiri just like totally treated me like a dog. She went, meh. <laughs> I was like, Whoop. I didn't mean it. I just was like, Whoop. I do that to my students. If that makes you feel any better, they'll start talking. I'm like, Mah, Mah. I'm like <laughs> anyways, let's talk about books, man. Um, hello book friends. So today's book is to the bright edge of the world. And the author is a Owen, a Owen. Yes. Ivy. I looked that up so that Good. I could pronounce it correctly. Yeah. And, um, this was my pick for historical fiction. And away we go. So, how's it going? It's been a few weeks since I've seen you. Yeah, it has been a hot minute since we last recorded. Everything's fine. We survived Snowmageddon. Yeah, it was crazy here, folks. Uh, Three feet in two days. Three feet in two days. Make it 41.6 or something ridiculous. Yeah, I think it kind of varied here and there. I know that on a Kachina, they got like 48 inches in places and stuff. Yeah, I'm glad that we bought a snowblower. Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we shoveled all of our neighbors' driveways because they were all at work. Uh, so. I know, and a you cancel. What? It's like an apocalypse. I know. because she was trending on Twitter the following Monday, or the right. previous Monday, because she didn't shut down school. Yep. And you yeah. don't ever want to be trending on Twitter, I feel like. No. I usually feel like that's a negative connotation to you. Yeah, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of... Um, <laughs> Looking at how she's made fun. We're talking about our president of the university. And there's a lot of mean stuff out there on the internet. Yeah. I was like, people are mean. Man. Brutal. brutal. It's easier to be mean to people in the digital world than it is to their face. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But how are you doing? I'm okay. It's been, it's been weird. It's been, I'm never a fan of January and February, so I'm glad. Spoiler, we're recording in March. March 2nd. (laughs) But... Uh, yeah, just um, deaths and sickness and just being tired and overwhelmed. So I am ready to move on in the world and um, have some happier things. So Spring is coming. The hedgehog said so. Oh, really? He didn't see his shadow? He didn't. Huh. Puxatawney Phil. What's that? That's the, that's the hedgehog. What? His name is Puxatawney Phil. Really? Really. Why? Because I don't know... <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> because well, because I think that the it ha- have you never seen Groundhog Day with no, Bill Murray? No. Oh God, you have to see that. That is a classic. I don't like movies, really. Okay, fair enough. But yes, it, it, I think this is based in fact. If it's not, I'm sure someone will correct us. But or me, <laughs> um, Puxatani is where the um, they the groundhog lives and where they do like the whole big tradition of pulling him out and seeing if he sees his shadow. Dude, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I don't ever want to be pulled out of my bed <laughs> to be like, look at me. I'm a huge person. <laughs> Do you see your shadow? Are you scared? Are you scared? <laughs> so yeah, five more weeks of winter because they do something that like that. Well, we four live, weeks, but we live in the mountains. I know. Yeah. So I don't It'll know that be that winter until June. Yeah, and it's an El Nino year, so it's going to be probably snowy and soggy. And I hope so. We need it so bad. Yeah, 
But then it turns 50 degrees. I know. And now almost all the snow is gone. Yeah. And three feet of snow went away in like four days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of amazing. It was nice. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of my, what's been up with me. Just been busy. I have one more month of teaching. And then my life starts slowing down until I go off contract in May. And then I have free time. And it's going to be amazing. And yeah. I'm rubbing it in your nose. I'm sorry, so I'll stop. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working like a dog right now. If it makes you feel any better. <laughs> I'm working probably 50 or 60 hours a week, it feels like. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. How about you? Everything's good. Working 50, 60 hours a week. Yeah. Buying tickets to Australia. Mm. Nice. And the life. Cool. Yeah. Jealous. We're they were only $600 out of Flagstaff round trip. Wow. Each. Like, we paid $1,100, $1,200 for two tickets yeah. from Flagstaff to Sydney, Australia for $1,200. Nice. That's insane. Good find. So, yep. Scottscheapflights.com. <laughs> yeah. No, we need to, we pay off our car this year, and fingers crossed, I should be getting reclassified, which will mean a pay increase, and maybe we won't be living hand to mouth. Yeah. <laughs> we love our life. We love our jobs. We just don't love the lack of money in it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, eventually we'll get to travel again. All right, so we I picked the tea today. Um, shocker, it's from my Sips by box. Actually, though, from way back in January. I had one left, and it's called, um, the tea company is called White 2, like the number T. The but, number 2? The number 2, yes. I can't talk. Dang it. Um, <laughs> and it's called uh, Mini Redhead. So if you see the picture, it's it's this little cake. And it says that it's sun-dried with no machine processing, so I guess they let it dry and then they smash it into a little cake and then it was wrapped in this little, uh, into a little disc that had like this really pretty vintagey, like I guess 1920s mm-hmm. redhead lady on it. And it's a black tea um, from Yunnan, China, and it is very light and nice. It is, yeah. It's I nice. like it. So, um... This was actually probably one of my favorite tea boxes I got. They sent me English breakfast, this one, and awesome tea, which I love. Is it called awesome or is it called Assam? I I thought it was awesome. Really? Well, we'll have to look it up. And then a cinnamon rooibos chai. Mm. Yeah, it was a good box. Thanks, Six Pie. January was killer. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> And today was my day of bringing over baked goods. Oh, man. And I'm still in sugar coma right now because (laughs) it was tasty. So I looked at the clock and it was 10 o'clock and I was like, oh, we're going to record in an hour. What can I make that will whip up really fast? Nice. So I made warm, ooey gooey chocolate chip cookies because sometimes comfort is what you need in life. And I do love chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. They're probably my favorite type of cookie. And if they're still warm, mm-hmm. it's just the best. They don't, I mean, they're always good. And what I've learned is that if you microwave them for like five seconds, they get back into that fresh out of mm. the oven taste. You don't have a microwave. Oh, well, you can put it in your toaster oven for <laughs> five seconds and get the crispy outside and mm-hmm. the gooey inside again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what we'll do sometimes is we'll make up a batch of cookies and then we'll go ahead and make like the dough balls mm-hmm. and then we'll freeze it That's and then smart. and then we'll just bake off a couple of cookies yeah. when we're wanting something sweet yeah so That's, kind of the same idea yeah i just make them all at once <laughs> and then eat them all right oh man so yes very tasty classically good chocolate chip cookie mm-hmm. on a rainy cloudy day yep 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 yeah. thank you mm-hmm. i feel my, my belly thanks you so 
Your sugar crash later today may not thank you. I feel like I'm already sugar crashing. I might fall asleep halfway through this. Just, just kind of poke at me. Okay. <laughs> Which could be problematic. that has to talk. I know. It's I didn't read the book. <laughs> Curie abandoned the book, which, yep. which I'm... I, well, we'll let her talk. Well, yeah. So we'll start with that. Well, I guess... Where do we want to start? Do you want me to describe the book first? And yeah, then... do that because I didn't read it. Okay. So um, I'll start with why I picked the book. It's been in my... I think um, I think I probably first heard about it on uh, What Should I Read Next with um, Ann Bogle. And I just love the sound of the description, so it's been on my list. And then when I was in Denver in the fall, we went to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. And they had the hardback on clearance for like $6. And nice. I was like, yes, please. <laughs> I can support a local bookstore and I can get a book that I've been wanting. And so, you know, kind of going back to one of my goals when I was picking books, I looked at what was on my shelves and tried to pick things for the most part that I already had. So this was kind of a no-brainer for historical fiction. Um, so that's where it came from. What I would say, and I think this is where I'm being a little judgy of Curie, <laughs> abandoning it after 20 pages, <clears throat> is it did have a really slow start. And like, uh, what I would say is it was a slow burn. <laughs> and it was very quiet. Like, you know, I think that's where something, you know, I think you need to be entertained immediately yeah. and yeah. engaged immediately. It took me a while, like I, and I probably spent a month reading this book. Yeah. So it was not one that I could just sit and read in one sitting. Um, but I stuck with it and I'm glad that I did. So not just because we needed content to talk about, <laughs> but I really liked the book. I did. And, um, and I think, you know, I would pick it up in the bookstore sometimes and I don't know if you flipped through it at all, or if you just kind of read the first 20 pages and then said, I'm That's done. I did, yeah. Okay. So you probably didn't fully get the whole, um, structure of the book, which is one of the things that I like about it, is there's things like sketches in it, and um, there's postcards, um, pictures, mm. <laughs> and uh, even towards the end, this was super fun. Uh, yeah, I love this one. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. And then uh, towards the end, and I'll talk a little bit about why this is meaningful, there's a travel brochure, brochure a modern travel brochure for going to Alaska on a tour, mm. and... Um, yeah, like oh, I am. So, so, so the way this book works is that it's set in the late 1800s. Let's see here, 1885, um, and it really takes place in two locations: the crazy wilds of Alaska, and of course, we know I've been obsessed with Alaska as of late, and ex the ex ex especially the exploring of the wilds of Alaska. And it's the diaries of a married couple. So. Um, the guy is going on this big expedition to this part of Alaska that no one has ever been able to make it all the way through. Meanwhile, his new wife, who is newly pregnant, um, is stuck back in Vancouver, Oregon, which is right, right outside of Portland. And so she's writing a diary as well while he's gone. And then there's letters to each other, um, a few letters back and forth. And then, like, the sketches I was showing you, one of the guys on the expedition, he would, like, post the latitude and longitude and talk about the weather. And then he does, like, this little poetic description of the area. And then there's, like, a sketch of something that he observed. And so his stuff's kind of interspersed there as well. Um, and then from there, the um, there's a guy named Walter who this is his great aunt and uncle and he's cleaning out his house and he finds refines all these diaries and keepsakes and stuff artifacts from 
these two people, Sophie and Alan, from 1885, and he sends the diaries to the care... Uh, the curator of a museum in Alpine, Alaska, near the Wolverine River, where a lot of this takes place. And he said, and he's like, I don't, I thought you might have some use for this for your museum. And, and so these two gentlemen, one who's old and one who's younger, start having this correspondence back and forth. So there's also their letters where they're talking about things. <clears throat> Sometimes there's like little museum um, descriptions. So like, for example, about a, a, a jacket and, um, like a, a Native American design jacket with beading and stuff, but it has a gunshot wound in it. Wound in it. So eventually you find out what happened to that jacket mm-hmm. um, through the story. And so there's little pieces like that, which was kind of cool. So it's like really meticulously woven together to tell you this, you know, there's postcards and there's advertisements and news clippings. And it's all kind of pieced together to tell you this really complex story of two people who are apart but in love with each other and, you know, the group that's going through Alaska, it's about their encounters with the, with the different indigenous tribes. Um, there's also these touches of magic realism. Like, there's this really cool part where they come to this lake, and there's these strange-looking women who um, look almost geese-like. Mm. And then... Um, I think they actually, I think they do watch them turn into geese and they fly off. There's this creepy, weird old man who's a, who takes the form of a raven and he seems he can travel. He's like an old medicine man. And sometimes he seems really good. And sometimes he seems evil and he's all over the place. And, um, there's a baby that's born from a tree. And like, so there's like these really bizarre kind of touches of indigenous culture, traditions and mm-hmm. stories um, that are woven in. And these men are seeing things that seem unbelievable, but they have no, but but there's no there's no way to explain them happening, but they're really seeing them happen. Mm-hmm. And so them trying to reconcile what is real and what's magical and is that possible? Um, and then meanwhile, Sophie's back at the barracks trying to navigate uh, being a woman of the late 19th century and not being particularly traditional. And so all the busybody women who are like trying to give her advice and she starts getting into photography and they're like, so they think she's really wacky and crazy and weird. And she's just trying to like have a fun, you're like, what is your husband going to think about you turning your pantry into a dark room? What is a dark room? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so long, so that's kind of how it fits all together. So I, when you told me that you abandoned it, I, I, um, I cried. You, I didn't cry, I, but I wasn't surprised because I think from reading the first few bits, I agree. It's, it starts really slowly. Mm-hmm. It's, it took, I think really it took once Alan got into, got on his tour that it really started taking off. Um, cause of course then he's on this grand adventure and there's mm-hmm. all sorts of things happening. And well, I read to the point where they started launch, like they launched and they okay. were with like a native American man and mm-hmm. they got like that warning of like, don't go through this part of the river. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the start of their adventure, but I got mm-hmm. to that point and then I was just like, no, <laughs> it just wasn't. What you were in the mood for. And it wasn't fast enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I need entertaining books from the very beginning, mm-hmm. or at least some sort of misty- mystery attached to the beginning to make me want to read more. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like that, the opening of this book was like that. It was mm-hmm. like, you're kind of just pinpointed, mm-hmm. dropped down into the middle of this life. Mm-hmm. And 
you have to figure out the characters, but there's no real... I don't know. It wasn't exciting for me. Hmm. Now, I feel like I... So I recommended the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peels. I didn't Pills. like those ones either. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, that's what I was thinking. And so one of my questions is, do you t- typically like epistolary novels or do you not enjoy that format where it's communication back and forth like um i don't even know if i've read a book like that well that that's like what these are where it's but yeah i don't know if i've read a book before okay the potato but you didn't like that one either no what did you think of hey ladies because that's kind of a modern epistolary it was okay okay yeah so you don't like getting to know characters through them through their written communication to each other (laughs) maybe no i like the third party the third not third party the omniscient yeah like like, a point of view yeah okay yeah huh see and i and i really and that's i think why once i got into the rhythm of the book i like things that are kind of non-traditional put together the way they're put together is non-traditional and the way this pieces things together with images and things and because to me then it almost feels a little bit like a mystery you know like you're it's you know it's it's kind of like a historian would piece things together to figure out a story right um i think if there's going to be like letter exchanges uh it has to be from the character from a perspective within the characters like so we would be reading a book Mm-hmm. And Jane is the main protagonist, and so we see her write a letter, and we see her read a letter, but it's not the other person, like, how do I explain this? It's not like this. It's not the time change. It's not okay. split into different uh, see, I like, pieces. See, I like the different points I of like views. I like one point of view. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because I... Well, maybe I'm a quote unquote traditional stuff. Like I want the main protagonist to be the person that I get captivated by. And okay. I, I want to feel my, the feels that they bring up. And if uh-huh. it's like multiple people, sometimes it's hard for me to be like, I can't attach to anybody because they're everywhere. Oh, interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. And I like a good diverse cast of characters to like yeah. explore. I sometimes get bored by one person. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, it's interesting listening to you talk about that because one of your favorite books is Pride and Prejudice, right? Yeah. Hello. That's all letters. It is not it's all a good, letters. Well, it's a good part. It, a good a good no. portion of it is letters, yes. I mean, yes. sure, they exchange letters like five times, but you have, mm, you are following one main <laughs> protagonist and her journey through those letters. So it's still... But there's lots of characters. Yeah. There's lots of characters, but it's one main protagonist. Like, we follow her around. We see that she gets a letter from her sister. We see that she writes a letter to Darcy. We see that she... It's her perspective of the story. For some reason, I want to call her Jane. And I know that's not her name because Jane Austen is the author. Right. But I'm having a complete mental brain fart on... The main protagonist. Oh, God. What is her name? Oh, shoot. And if you hadn't just asked me that, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. I was like, how many times have I read this book? I'm like, uh, it's your Um, favorite book. You tell me. (laughs) I think I woke up in the middle of like an REM sleep, so I've been really tired all day. But, so Elizabeth is the main character. And Uh we have those, we have a lot of character and character development within that book, but it's from her perspective. It is her story. Okay. 
Yeah. Interesting. So we're learning some stuff about each other. Yeah. Well, we're always learning about something. Well, I know. Right. This whole podcast has been a learning experiment. (laughs) (laughs) We thought we had such similar taste in books. Apparently we don't. Well, and Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's good to know, right? Yeah. Like, we're finding out that you definitely stick with more books than I do. Like, I am definitely an abandoner. Yeah. I've been working on trying to abandon, though. Like, I am pro-abandoning books. I think with this one, I felt obligated. Honestly, I felt obligated to complete it because I knew you had abandoned it. And I thought it'd be really awkward if we neither of us had read it. But again, and it was it was hard. Like, I mean, it it definitely this was not as this was more interesting than it was entertaining. Yeah. I need entertainment. So. um, Well, I guess that's not true. I like historical books. Like if I read a book about King Henry VIII. But again, that goes back to what you were just talking about, though. Like you like some, like about one character. Right. Where I I do kind of thrive more with, you know, I mean, I think I thrive with a cast of characters. I mean, I feel like really most books still have one main point of view. Right. Like at this one, I guess I had two, but. um, Well, the the binding, that book is two. Okay. And you didn't like that. Interesting. Swoop, explicit. (laughs) I read the whole book. And I shouldn't have abandoned it, because, like, this is the book that I picked. I feel obligated to continue reading it. So I got to, like, page 350, and I was like, oh, I hate this. And then I continued to read anyway. Well, and I'm kind of doing that with this book. This is an advanced reader, which sounds super-duper cool, because it's, like, a mystery with a fantasy set, and it's set in the 1920s, and it has a cool cover. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I feel like I should probably just abandon it, but I'm just like... Uh, maybe yeah. I don't know. Whereas I'm reading a nonfiction book, another advanced reader called Rough Magic, that's mm-hmm. about this epic horse race mm-hmm. called the Mongol Derby, and um, it's like basically you ride a thousand kilometers in ten days, and you change horses like twenty five times, mm-hmm. like these Mongol ponies. So I'm loving that. Like that is, I'm just tearing through it. Right. But you would think this would be totally in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Usually I'm pretty slow with nonfiction, and this I'm like. So, I don't know. This one may go the way of <clears throat> back to the bookstore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. Um, so, that was one of my questions. Okay. Well, so again, I think I, did I, I, think I already talked about this, but um, one of the things, and I guess this is the history geek in me, you know, the exhibit description. So, you know, it'd be, it would be kind of that, you know, how you go to a museum and it's like a, a 19th century birch bark basket, very, you know, used for such and such, but mm-hmm. on the, this is on a very small scale. We wonder why. So then in the book, it tells how that basket came about mm-hmm. and what it was for. And you're like, oh, so I thought that was kind of cool. And, you know, cause I think sometimes, um, you know, I mean, everything has a story, right? Mm-hmm. But you can go to a museum and just look at things and you don't really know the story. So I like how that this book brought the, some of those things to life. And yeah, so that was the other thing I liked about it. Um, <laughs> I was reading some reviews of this. I had to, I had to read this for you. So this was uh, someone in the Washington Post reviewed this book mm-hmm. and they called this, you ready? Wait for it. Arctic pain porn. <laughs> <laughs> And they say, any novel or memoir that involves the spectacular beauty and the brutal killing power of the cold. And I was like, 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's funny. Arctic pain porn. <laughs> Who knew there was a name for it? No. So Washington Post creates some great... Oh, man. Um, so did... I had, like, two questions. Um, three, really. So... Did you ever journal or diary? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Do you still have them? Yeah. When did you start? Probably in fifth or sixth grade. How long did you do it for? I do it still. Oh, you still do it? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I definitely go through breaks. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Um... I'll be, I'll write a journal entry every day for like six months and then I'll like need a break from it to be okay. like, there's nothing happening in my life that I really feel like I can justify with writing. Mm. Um, but I mean, I have, I think 15 journals in my garage of things that I've done. Like my first journal was a Winnie the Pooh journal <laughs> and my handwriting is awful and it's oh, from sure. like 1997 or something like that Mm. and then being an English major it was always like a requirement to have a journal in every English major class really Hmm. like creative writing we had to create a journal about like what we were thinking about Mm -hmm. so that our teacher could see like our thought processes Mm -hmm. and then like our stories that we would have to write Mm -hmm. um but I also am a journal whore (laughs) I love a beautiful journal. They are pretty. And I will buy them, even though I have 15 of them mm, already. Mm-hmm. So I have one right now that's like the tree of life and it's really pretty. And it's been my journal for <laughs> like five years because I haven't been writing as much lately, but it's also like <laughs> curious looking around, trying to find me an example. This thick. Holy cow. So it's huge. That's like a block. I know. That's not a book. That's a, that's a weapon. But it's, it's <laughs> small. So it's like, Smaller than this book. So is it like, like, so is it more like this maybe? It's like this. Okay. But really thick. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I got it at Barnes and Noble and, you know, (laughs) my intention is to always write in it and I should Uh probably get more into it because I've been really anxious lately Mm -hmm. and that was a way for me to get every anxious Mm -hmm. thought out of my Mm -hmm. brain at nighttime so I could sleep. You know, I've recommended that to a couple of my students actually. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just like, you Mm -hmm. just write words, just Mm -hmm. be like. That's what I said. Fear. Yeah. Whatever. To do list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever's on. Yeah. That's I. Lunch I, tomorrow. Like sometimes I get anxious about what am I going to eat tomorrow? Yeah. If what I am I going to have... wear tomorrow? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. I tell that to my students a lot. I'm like, I, 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 you know, there's not, of course, not a one size fits all, but I know when I do some sort of mind dump, like I like to make lists mm-hmm. I and I like to do that because then it's like, okay, it's on paper. I don't have to think about it anymore. It is it's done. Right. <laughs> like I can go back and reference it now, yeah. but I don't have it on it's repeat a, in my head. You've removed it from yeah. your brain. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. a big fan of that. What about you? In, mm, not really. Like I was never like a, I didn't really write diaries when I was growing up and whatnot. You know, I've dabbled in a little bit of blog keeping through the years. Like when I first moved to Flagstaff, I was, it was such a new environment for me, like being here that I did like a not very well followed little blog just about my experiences and observations and things that I was doing. And, um, and then 
when I was going through cancer treatment, I did carrying bridge, which was essentially, I guess, keeping a diary. Like, yeah. so, so interestingly, my dabbling in journaling and writing has usually been of kind of a public diary type of yeah. setting, which is kind of bizarre because in many ways I'm a fairly private person. Yeah. So I don't know why I've done that. I guess when I felt like I've had something to say, maybe I felt like even if only five people are reading it, I don't want it to be just for myself. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of blogs. I think at some point I had five. Mm. I had like, when I studied abroad, I created mm-hmm. a blog for my family and just a normal blog. I had a cooking <clears throat> blog. I mm-hmm. had a trying to be gay in Flagstaff blog and how hard it was. <laughs> And guess I get that a lot. We have book, we have our podcast now, Uh so that's essentially a blog. Essentially, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, I've dabbled in public writing as well, but Mm -hmm. I don't do any of those except for our podcast anymore. Well, which brings me to my last question. So, again, thinking about you know, so I was a history major as an undergraduate, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, so the way history works is when people write. When people do historical research, that's what I'll say, they are, of course, looking for, um, oh, what's the word? First account, um, primary sources. Mm-hmm. So first account, first person accounts of events that have happened. Yeah. And so, you know, true historians, they're like going through letters and diaries and newspapers and they're piecing together mm-hmm. what was happening at that time. Um, and so I've been thinking a lot lately about... <laughs> how we communicate with each other Mm -hmm. and um we don't we have written records but they're all electronic Mm. Mm -mm. i have pen pals i write letters still and i keep but most people don't i know yeah but i love getting mail if anybody wants to be my pen pal i'm in it (laughs) you can't be my pen pal though why because you live in flagstaff and i'd rather see you okay fine (laughs) I was like, I'll be your pen pal. I like getting mail. I mean, we can be pen pals if you want. I just feel like it might be a little weird because we see each other almost right. every day. Anyway. I know. So it's like, what's Hi. new? I don't know. When did I see you four days ago? Fine. Good point. Okay. Um, but I, I do. I, I, it, it's silly. I, I, not silly. I, I know it seems like a bizarre thing to contemplate, but I'm like, how will the historians of the future learn about us? <laughs> I mean, and and certainly, again, because so many people blog and do public, mm-hmm. so there's definitely essentially public diaries out there, but people don't keep written records right. of, you know, they most people don't journal or diary, you know, most people don't send handwritten letters anymore, they email, right. or they pick up the phone and they just talk to the person, yeah. so I'm just curious, and then I think, so, you know, then I go to, like, worst case scenario mm-hmm. of what if there's a what do they call it? Like an electronic pulse and everything is wiped out. Right. You know, (laughs) they will have no freaking clue what we've been doing for the last 20 years. That's true. You know, so I have this, so we're not having children. Mm -hmm. Me and Chris, you and Robert, Mm -hmm. we're not Mm -hmm. having children. We are choosing that route of life. (laughs) And, uh, I have this, I don't know if it's because I read being mortal recently or if it's just like this, like, I have all of this stuff. Like, I have a diamond ring, and I have really nice jewelry, and mm-hmm. I have heirlooms from mm-hmm. my family. And since I'm not having children, 
I'm like, well, who the fuck is going to take all this stuff? Like, I'm going to be <laughs> and you're not out a of child, existence. Right? Well, I have a brother, but okay. we don't talk Ta- about yeah. him. But, and Chris I mean, is an only child. And Chris is an only child. Oh, and so, see, like, I'm close with my cousins and my cousin's kids, but it's mm-hmm. like... Yeah, you know, I someone feel will... so weird, like, <laughs> buying something or taking a family heirloom, because I'm like... The buck stops with me on mm, my side. Yeah. Unless my cousin's kids are like, mm-hmm. I mean, they would most likely be my beneficiaries, but. What do they want of your stuff? Yeah. Exactly. Like none of this shit is going to matter to them. It's not going to be any important. Yeah. And then I'm like, then I'm going to be removed and nobody will remember me. Like that's the ego part of having mm-hmm. children, right? Is like, because mm-hmm. then you have a solid memory of mm-hmm. somebody. Mm-hmm. And so then your children will tell it their children about you and then you live on through the generation sure but as a person that's not having children essentially when you did you did yeah well and that was you know in uh, you know with the modern voice in here walter mm-hmm. you know the, again this was his great aunt and uncle but he does talk about as a child when his dad handed him all these diaries of colonel alan forrester mm-hmm. and how obsessed he was with reading these stories mm-hmm. and things like that um so i think yeah, I mean, I, I hear you, and I, I occasionally I think about that, too. And then I'm like, well, I've got, you know, my niece and my two nephews. Right. And I know <laughs> uh, my, my good friend Allie, you know, she has her four girls. Right. <laughs> and um, I know, like, sometimes, when even when Sophie was littler, like, she would, I'd go and visit them, and she'd be like, wow, your jewelry is really pretty. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, can I have something? And I'm like, someday you can. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I figure at this point I'm going to be relying on my friends and right. children and yeah. my and my uh, my family relations children to be like, here's some significant things. Right. Hopefully you want this. If not, what I would also say, and this is not the same thing, but that's what antique stores are for. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't buy a lot of that stuff, but I love to go and look at the stuff and think mm-hmm. about its story and its yeah. history. And if someone ends up with a piece of my jewelry and they're like, this is so cool, it's vintage. Right. <laughs> Which feels really weird to say that. It will be vintage um, by the time we die. Right. You know, if if it brings them pleasure and happiness, even if they don't know who it came from, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's just weird. It is. I, just, I, I think that book just, like, put a whole bunch of stuff in my brain that I don't need to be thinking uh, about as a 32-year-old of, like... Right. Hmm. Do I need to start saving for retirement homes? And should I set up an estate sale? Or should I just, like, let... Yeah. What if I die and nobody realizes that I'm dead and I'm just, like, rotting in my house? <laughs> like, these are the things that have been coming in my brain recently. Jesus, of like. Carrie? Huh, that book. Don't read it unless you want to really think about the impending. Being mortal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good because it brought yeah. it to the perspective of, like, my mom is mm-hmm. going to most likely end up in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Chris's mom is most likely going to end up in a nursing home. And mm-hmm. it's, like, sure. preparing for that. And then yeah. I'm like, Chris is probably going to end up in a nursing home. He's older than I am. He's mm-hmm. a man. I mean. Right. You know, it is, anyway, I completely digressed. No, but, but in it's, regards to like history, like all yeah. of my shit is going to go away. Well, it's just going to go somewhere, somewhere. And then I'm like, God, I don't want somebody to read my like 13 year old journal of me like complaining about so-and-so being mean to me in high school or whatever. But that's part of history now. I know. Some historian might think it's a gold mine. Oh, it's not going to be. <laughs> I've had a very uneventful life. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But it's still a snapshot into that time period. And they'll be like, who is this Kyrie person? (laughs) And you'll be, from beyond, you'll be like, it's Kyrie, you (laughs) MFers. (laughs) For 
pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, if you're kind of a history geek, if you like um, unconventional writing styles where things are pieced together through different perspectives and pieces, facts and information, I think this is a, a good read. If you're interested in learning more about Alaska and the indigenous culture, um, but it's also kind of a love story and it's about them like figuring out their relationship, you know, and, and from over the distance. And again, when it's not like he could just pick up the phone and be like, Hey, I miss you. How you right. doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was writing a letter going, I don't know if you're ever going to get this, but I'm going to, I have a chance to put it onto a, send it with someone who will put it on a steamboat. And, right. uh, you know, and then three months later she gets it and she's like, Oh, it still smells like the smoke, but like smoke of your campfire, you know, <laughs> which is kind of romance. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it reminds you of how much our communication and how instantaneous yeah. everything is now. And, uh, you know, it just really made me think about a time when if they weren't right there, like it, it was hard to communicate and, yeah. you know, and you, you took a lot of effort and you really had to be patient and I don't know. There were some cool parts. I mean, it could have moved a little faster here and there, but I, I don't regret finishing it. Okay. So I will put it th- I'll put it that way. <laughs> I don't regret not finishing it. Okay. Well, now you know. Um, I think that's all I got. Cool. So what's up next? I don't even know. I should have wrote this down before we started. Um, I think it's. We are moving into. This is. This isn't books picked for their cover. Nope, this is uh, police procedurals and detectives is where we're headed next, right? Yes. So we're going to do mine next, is that right? Or yours? It doesn't matter. We can do either or. TBD then. But we're going to, it's either going to be The Dry by by Jane Jane Harper Harper or... Are You Sleeping by Kathleen Barber, which is about the podcast. (laughs) It's part of the reason (laughs) why I picked it. Hello, very meta. (laughs) And I'm moving to another location that starts with an A, Australia, which I'm also obsessed with. So, yeah, not obsessed with, but I'm a, I, I, I've been wanting to read it just because I like I like reading about places that I just almost can't imagine in my head. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So yeah, stay tuned. It'll be a mystery until we. Until <laughs> mystery. It'll be a, not a police mystery, but a mystery. It'll be a mystery of which police mystery we do first. <laughs> Until next time. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 